filing taxes is the last thing that should happen. Mm -hmm. You should have already planned your tax situation, know what is supposed to happen with your taxes, have implemented things to make it better, and then the tax returns are just the compliance. I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, small business advanced tax planning and compliance extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. Welcome to episode 125 of the Abundant Beans Podcast. My name is Stephen Andrews. It is not Jamie O'Kane. Jamie is knee deep in tax season, doing her thing, helping her clients, saving some people some tax dollars, and building the life that they want. So today I'm just going to help along. We've got a few clips for you guys for today's episode. And we're going to start that with a full-on marketing coaching session that Jamie actually got on uh, the podcast. On episode 122 with Chala Denoy. This is a full-on coaching session that she had on the podcast. If you want to get, listen to it, go to episode 122. Give it a listen. But I'm going to hand it over to the professionals. Jamie, you okay? So pretend I'm a prospect that you met. Mm -hmm. So tell me who the prospect is. Um, so we work with uh, women-owned veterinary and dental practices. So did you say veterinary and dental, right? Mm -hmm. uh, do they usually hang out together? They don't. We mostly focus on veterinary. Okay, so um, let's, let's stick with one at a time. Okay, let's do veterinary. Together, right? Okay. So you said female female vets? Yeah, women-owned vet, um, vet practices. Okay. Okay, shoot. So pretend that I'm one mm -hmm. and that we're meeting at an industry function. And I say, what is it that you do, Jamie? Uh, we give veterinary uh, women-owned veterinary practices the confidence that their tax and accounting um, processes are working for them and not against them. Okay. That's it? That's it. Okay. Do I have your permission to polish? Yeah, go ahead. So the first thing that I'm going to suggest is that it be pain-based because 70% of humans uh, purchase based on pain. Okay. So when you say that the tax is working against them, what is the evidence? How do they know that the tax is working against them? They're paying too, many, too much taxes or what? Yeah. So generally they're paying too much in taxes. They don't know how much taxes they're going to owe. They don't have strategy or planning around their tax structures. And what, what's the result of that? What happens? Uh, they pay too much in tax. So uh, that's the biggest problem. Yeah. And I think it's the unknown a lot of the time too. They don't know how much they're going to owe every year. It's an unknown and it's a, it's an unknown amount or you know, there's fear around how much am I going to owe, what's going to happen, but I made more money this year and I'm going to owe more taxes. Okay. So is the paying too much more of a pain or it is the fact that it's unknown causing more of a pain. So like ladder up the problem. Is it that they can't sleep at night? Two out of three female vets can't sleep at night because they don't know what they owe in taxes or two out of three go out of business because they didn't know what they owed and didn't put it away. Yeah. I, I think it's more, and what I like to think about is because they owe so much in taxes, they're not, they don't have the cash in their pockets for the sustainability they want in their businesses. So, which, which results in what? 
which owing too much. And then what happens? Yeah. So they're, so it's taking cash out of the business for growth. Um, and then they're working too much to make up that time and dollars because of the taxes they're, they're working overtime to pay for taxes. Yeah. So they're trying So most women owned. so let's kind of, I'm kind of want to back it up. So women owned, um, or women veterinarians generally want to not work 80 hour weeks. <laughs> they don't want to do the burnout. They want to build sustainable practices that are lifestyle and business. Um, and so a lot of the time, you know, their structures or whatever they've, um, whatever they've created in their entities, they're paying more taxes than they need to. They have less cash in the business because of that. And they're not moving towards that sustainability goal. And so, so I need, like, let's make up a statistic and this okay. is the way we're it. Let's okay. make a statistic about the biggest uh, end pain. So uh, is it that, did you know that two out of three um, women owned veterinarian, veterinarian businesses um, work more than 80 hours a week or what is the ultimate pain for them? That is it that, you know, that they're, their health, did you know that their health is affected because they have to work eight hours a week due to unplanned taxes? Yeah, that's, I like that. I want to refine it. I don't think that's yeah. probably true, but. Right. So like, let's find whatever the biggest ultimate, like two out of three uh, women vets are getting divorced because they work too long to make up for the taxes they owe due to unplanned taxation. Okay. I, I to find, and in order to do that, of course, haha, you have to talk to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I want my clients to always talk to people they don't work with. Yeah. Now. And the reason for that is because they don't know you like you trust you. They will mm -hmm. tell you like it is. They will say, yeah, I would pay for that that much. No, I wouldn't pay for that that much. Mm -hmm. And also they would talk about their problems. Now you have to know them through someone or from a different life, but, but cause they won't like open up their hearts to a stranger, Yeah, but there has to be some sort of warm lead, but once you ask them that you'll be fine. Yeah. I think I did. So I've done some of that. Um, and a lot of it, um, is around concerns of cash flow. you know, and yeah. But what is, what is that resulting in the concern about cash flow? Is it that it's causing them sleepless nights? Is it cause they, is it causing them an ulcer? Is it causing them yeah. the family? Yeah. Their, their children more. Yeah. Uh, I think like the ultimate pain, I want you to make it really painful. Yeah. I think uh, it's definitely probably, I mean, I think most business owners, it's sleepless nights for a lot of us. Right. <laughs> um, but I do think it might be, it might be an emphasis on doing services that they think are more profitable so that they can increase cash flow when it's not those services. So a lot of it too, like we, we, we help with, um, we also help with, you know, consulting around profit and things like that as well. Um, but I do, it is, it's a cash flow, they have cash flow problem. Yeah. But the cash flow problem causes what for them to work longer. Yeah. I think it's, you know, causes less time. Life. Right. Which causes what? So go to the ultimate problem. Yeah. So go level up, 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 up. And then come up with three ultimate problems that you think are the most common and then go and ask them which of the three is if you had a last dollar dime in your business to spend mm -hmm. on fixing which one would it be would it be divorcing you know your husband because you're spending too much time to pay for taxes mm -hmm. is it uh you know not being able to uh, work with the kind of people that you want and screaming at your kids because you're so you know um 
unhappy in your job because you have to pay for taxes and work long hours? Or is it um, that you're just paying too much for taxes and uh, your business is failing? Mm -hmm. Or you, you can't pay the um, hygienist because you don't have enough cash flow because you've paid out you, you didn't know how much you had to pay out in taxes. Yeah, so, I just yeah. actually wrote down one about um, the vet industry has a really, um, they have not a lot of people to hire. So there's not a lot of vets. Um, there's not enough vets um, in the job pool. Um, so it's hard for people to, to, to hire associates just to begin with. And then they're dealing with cash flow issues um, or, you know, not understanding their ability to, um, to be competitive and hiring other associates. So then they have more time in the business. They can't, they can't hire an associate, you know, they're dealing with probably more, you know, more work than they should be, um, at any time. So I think that's also pro so that all leads to burnout. Um, this is one of the highest burnout. Yes. Do that. Put a stat around burnout. Did you know that female vets burn out 10 times faster than male vets? Okay. I like that. Something like that. Or yeah, I'll find one. You know, there is a a burnout 10 times faster than accountants or dentists or something. The the accountants are all burned up at this point. (laughs) (laughs) They're like brain dead. No, no. But so, and then, and then what you say then is uh, what we do is we make sure that you, you know what you're paying, when you're paying so that you never have to burn out so that you Mm -hmm. always have enough on, on hand to work less hours, hire more qualified staff Mm -hmm. and pay your taxes on time, blah, blah, blah. So the, the formula for the perfect elevator pitch is the who Mm -hmm. problem, the, what you do to solve and the, the result. So as a result, you're sleeping like a baby every night or whatever you have to, the result has to tie to the problem that was in the same elevator pitch. Makes sense. I like it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a little formula. Next up, we're going all the way back to episode five with Peter Bursette. He's going to talk with you real quick about what do you own and what do you rent as far as your marketing goes and how should that inform your strategy? So actually that actually feeds into my final question, which is what is the one marketing thing that every business owner should be doing? In your opinion. All right. The one marketing thing. Uh, So here's where I try to advise uh, people when they're looking at how do I decide how am I going to do my marketing? Where do I spend my money on my marketing? How do I make these decisions in time? Right. And so what I uh, think you should start with is uh, the things that you own versus the things that you rent. Right. So those are two two different marketing assets. Mm-hmm. So the things that you rent are things like Facebook Instagram. and Instagram and all these social sites, right? Because, yeah, should we be doing that? Sure, but that's rented space. Understand that you're using that under a terms of use. They could just wipe it out. Anytime. That could be destroyed at any moment. Mm-hmm. So the things that you actually own that belong to you are your website. Mm-hmm. You own that. So invest in that. Make that what it needs to be. The second thing you own is your email list. Right. You own that. That database is yours. So if you're not, if you don't have something in place for building that and nurturing that and using that, mm. uh, that that's where you can start. So, 
start with what you own, website, um, email list. And really the third thing that you own is your brand, mm -hmm. who you are, what's the value that you bring to your customers and clients. Mm -hmm. So what can you do to build your value, to increase your value uh, in the services that, that you provide to your clients? To be more unique. Yeah. How do you stand out mm -hmm. from the competition uh, and do that? So that's where you should start. Start with what you own. So website. Dial that stuff in. It's really basic. Yep. At this point. And then and then and then go, okay, now that I've got the assets that are most important, how can I add on mm -hmm. that helps me build these? Right. And improve these. Awesome. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks for being here. Awesome. High five. <laughs> Woohoo. Next up. I might be being a little bit selfish here, but we're going to throw in a clip from my episode with Jamie when she interviewed me on episode 49, also going back just a little bit. And here we're talking about content and why you should be playing the long game versus the short game. Oof. It takes And it takes longer than 90 days. Oh, yeah. Like people are like, oh, well, I'll try this thing for 90 days. Okay, cool. Let me know how that goes. What have you ever done that you did for 90 days and then it was gave a gold mine yeah, yeah or gave you what you wanted you have to spend time on it and you have to work on it no it's just like weightlifting yeah. you can't just weightlift for like 30 days and be like how come i don't have biceps yeah how come uh, i don't have biceps because you only yet? bench 45 pounds still yeah or how come which is fine but that's not how this works <laughs> or how come i haven't lost 100 pounds it's been 3 months it takes time and if you speaking of somebody who has lost a lot of weight mm -hmm. rapidly you'll spring back yeah. because you're doing it faster than your body can accommodate. Mm -hmm. Unless it's medically. Yeah. Dr. Angela Tran will be on the podcast in just a couple of weeks. She will. That's such a good that's episode. That's how you do that. Such a good episode. Yeah. Go back like two episodes, three maybe. Yeah. So she's what, 46? Yes, I believe. She's episode 46, 46 or 47. 47. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how we do rapid loss with the doctor. Yes. But safely. safely. Don't do it the way I did. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. Uh, I was going to, to university. I was like, I'm going to lose weight. I was like the fat kid in school mm -hmm. and always got picked on. But I took other people's tests for them. Like generic, like 90s video gamer, like smart kid. <laughs> so I'm 21 going to university. I'm like, I'm going to lose weight. In three months, I lost 77 pounds. Three peanut butter and jelly sandwiches a day and running 10 miles and doing push-ups. At least it wasn't Subway sandwiches. Oh, God, those are so bad. But don't lose weight that way. And don't approach marketing like that either. That's mm -hmm. stupid. No, can't approach anything like that. Mm -hmm. Everything's a long game. Long game. Always play the long game and mm -hmm. good things will happen. You play the short game and you're stuck in it. Yes. And then you're constantly in panic. And then you're constantly looking for the next short game. Mm-hmm. That's really the end there. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate it. And finally, why should you care about how you make people feel? And there's a quote, I can't remember who says it, but it's like, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will not forget how you made them, them feel. feel. Mm -hmm. Businesses, in my opinion, are so worried about where the next dollar is coming from, especially in startup. I get it. We've all been there, right? Yes. But you still need to treat them like a human and not like a number. 
So the more you can make your audience feel, the more that you develop that warmth, that again, mm -hmm. that interaction and experience that one faces with a brand, mm -hmm. you're going to position yourself in a much better position. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next